So hello everyone, you're very welcome uh, to episode 3 of the Swin for Chats podcast with myself, Kaha Kelly. And myself, Tommy Stenson, and of course in association with the Gateway Hotel. So that was another very quick week and we're delighted to be back with you. We have a great show in line for you uh, this week. We hope you all enjoy it. Uh, the real Christmas uh, festive season is really begin to show uh, all around the place, isn't it, Tommy? It definitely is, with the lights uh, being switched on uh, this week as well. But I'm actually surprised you're sitting beside me, Cahal, because after Mayo's win on Sunday, I wasn't too sure whether this would be going ahead this week. Oh, that's it. Now, well, we took down the Tipperary flag, and uh, the Mayo flag happily is uh, flying high. So uh, I'll be a, a very giddy boy next week, Tommy. Now it'll be, it'll be all red and green talk next week now as we get ready for what is the very unusual occasion of having the All-Ireland final the Saturday before Christmas. But uh, we'll take it. If it means Sam, is, forward to that. Sam comes home, we'll, we'll take Sam for Christmas. So uh, I have a good feeling, Tommy. I think now we'd, we'll take the dubs this year now and uh, we'll uh, celebrate uh, an All-Ireland final win in a proper COVID, in a proper COVID manner. So this week, uh, we're delighted to be joined for our chat by uh, Father Dermot Meaton, the parish priest of Swinford. Father Dermot, you're very welcome. Thanks, Carl, and thanks for the invitation to be part of the podcast this evening. Really appreciate that. No problem at all. Um, so it's going to be, as we said, a different Christmas in many ways. We might be on the on the weekend before Christmas praying for uh, Sam Maguire to come home. <laughs> I know you're originally a, a Sligo man, but well, you've I, been a Mayo lad. You came I, to Swinford first, Father Dermot, in the eighties, was it? I came to Swinford first in 1986, in September 1986. I was just a year ordained, and I had finished doing my higher diploma in Galway. And uh, the bishop sent me to uh, teach in the uh, secondary school here in Swinford, School Miragas Parik, and I lived out in Kilasser Parish. So I spent eight years here then. And you're originally a, a Ballymote man. I'm from a Sligo man, Not too yeah. far over the road. Were you familiar with Swinford before uh, you came here? Or not really, no. There would, uh, I, I was a border in Nathies, so there was a good few fellas from Nathies, uh, or from Swinford in Nathies in my time. And so and you could tell a few stories about a few of them, <laughs> but we won't. That's a different podcast. They, like they could also <laughs> tell them about me, so maybe I should say nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so that I suppose that would you you would have heard about Swinford in that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, you, you came as a teacher. Yeah, so I came to. I I, I was um, uh, the bishop asked me to at that stage, the college in Swinford and the convent had just amalgamated the year before, so there was uh, still two priests teaching on the staff at that stage, Father Stephen O'Mahony and myself, and um, so I taught uh, English, French, and uh, religion. Very good. Wow. Yeah. And I suppose you were teaching in Ireland here, you were teaching in Swinford, but you only didn't teach in this country, you went somewhere else as well. Tell us about that. I did. Um, I, after I finished teaching in Swinford, I, I was sent back to, to study again in, in the summer of 1994. And uh, after that, I worked for eight years on the staff in Maynooth College. Um, and when those eight years were over, I um, put out feelers to see what the bishop give me a year to sabbatical leave. So... Um, he very kindly did, and I went to China to teach English uh, with the Columban Fathers, oh. which is a scheme that they had gone there. And what was that experience like? It was an extraordinary experience. Um, you know, I mean, it was a completely different culture, um, and I, I suppose the, the college where I was teaching, um, like all colleges in China, they're a little town in themselves. So there was 11,000 students all living on campus, the regulations are that all staff have to live on campus as well. So all the teaching staff and the administrative staff and their families, they lived on campus. There was a whole lot of ancillary staff. Um, so on campus we would have had, there were two supermarkets, there was a bakery, there were several um, stationery shops, loads of canteens. So it was a, a, like a small town. And there was a market every day as well. So you could buy anything from... A frying pan to a live duck if you wanted to cook it in the evening for your dinner. So it was an extraordinary experience that way. Um, and I suppose just maybe the time of year that we're in, um, what I did find extraordinary was Christmas that year. Um, you know, China is officially an atheistic country, so they don't celebrate Christmas. Um, and class went on as normal on Christmas Day. Um, the foreign teachers were given the day off, and I remember going into the city, there was um, a German priest who was working there as well, and we met for mass in his apartment uh, with another teacher who was also German. But in the city, you would not know that it was Christmas Day. And it, would they be aware of the celebration of Christmas 
outside are they very insular or would they be aware <coughs> they'd of be what's going on outside in the wider world a little bit aware of it um, and of course they, uh, the, the students were very good I remember I, I had um, class on Christmas Eve until 7 o'clock in the evening um, the classes were two hours each but I was really taken by surprise when a number of the students had gone to the bother of finding Christmas cards and writing them for me and they told me they were the first Christmas cards I'd ever seen or given well, um, that's, that's a unique experience. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose that's, even yeah. though you were so far away from home, you, you did feel that there was people there that you could connect with as well over that period. Yeah, yeah. And remember that one of the things that moved me most was um, I had um, been thinking about, you know, Christmas. And I was saying, gosh, you know, I had brought no crib or anything with me in my baggage because I was very limited. And one of the little girls, or not, she, wasn't a, she was a, a teenager, late teens, um, the card she'd found was actually a little pop-up crib. And that arrived on Christmas Day, and we were thinking, gosh, this is lovely. I remember, you know, having it in the, the little flat that I had on the campus, and uh, it, was just, it was just really nice. It just made, that actually made Christmas for that's, me that that's year. That's great, yeah, because yeah. even back then, like, I know it was only 15, 16 years ago, but the internet wouldn't have been uh, as widely available then as it is now, and they would have had to do some some effort even just to, to make those gestures you know yeah no they they i don't they there's they searched and found them either in the yeah. city or in the maybe one of the shops on campus but they were able to find them and that was just great just lovely great, yeah. yeah so yeah you came so after that experience did you come back to swinford again after that or was i i, I no, i had five years in balladrine i came back to balladrine in 2004 and then i came to swiss swinford, swinford in 2009 and tell me when you came back to swinford i suppose a lot of the students you would have had back in the 80s, early 90s were probably now parents with their own families living in. That must have been unusual because I know from uh, my own experience with uh, in Swinford, you had a very close, friendly relationship with, with the students and I'm sure would have seen a different side of them when you came back again. Well, it, was, it, was, it actually was one of the things that made life easy coming you know when you go to a parish first and you don't know anybody it's quite it takes a long time to get to know people but coming to Swinford I knew an awful lot of people from the school um, and it was saying Cahal uh, a lot of them thankfully have settled in, in and around Swinford and it was good to reconnect with them and with their their families as well yeah, so yeah now you've had quite a busy number of years because uh, while we had no bishop in the diocese you were uh, effectively a leader in our in our diocese uh, that took a lot of work you had masses we even hear at, at Christmas time now the amount of masses you're doing is that that must be a little bit difficult is it hard sometimes as well to kind of switch off from you know take personal time as well um, it can be but um, I suppose what I'd say is that when we Father Jerry Davey moved from the parish and was only going to myself here uh, three, four years ago now. Um, the pastoral council uh, were terrific. I mean, they, we sat down, we looked at how we might manage things. And I remember one of the things they said to me in the first meeting was said, what about time off for you? And I said, well, I haven't really been taking um, you know, a set day off. So they said, no, you need to do that every mm. week. So I tried to get away one day a week and just to chill out and like to read or whatever and I, I get a chance to do things like that um, but it's you know it's there's great support I mean the the people in the parish and in the community have been absolutely wonderful in their support and that makes such a difference it does make life so much easier um, and there are so many people you know even um, when the churches reopened at the end of June um, there are so many people who volunteered to help so that we can stay open and we're deeply grateful to those who volunteered as stewards and those who volunteered to clean and sanitize the churches after every Mass, because that's the only way we can stay open. Um, so there's a lot of support, Tommy. Um, and I do get time to switch off. Um, you know, I, I can, as I say, I always have a book on hand, so um, I'm happy to dip into that when I get a half an hour, an hour, or a few minutes before I fall asleep. So It's great to hear that the community is is alive and well and that it, it does... Uh, Come, come into play with Tommy, it because to. as we see each week when we do our local news and all the different clubs and organizations mm. that are active in Swinford and they all rely on volunteerism and it's always been the great thing about this town that it's what, what keeps a town like Swinford and Glass and Midfield Mealick and all the wider areas is what keeps them all ticking yeah it's and, local and, people and, caring and 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 the caring is the, the important thing you know maybe the various groups that um when the lockdown started in March who might have been involved in sport, that was their main issue, but who realised there was another need. Um, and it was for people who were living alone um, and who needed maybe some support with shopping or whatever, and that they swung into action and made sure that that happened. 
And that says a lot about community as well. So, you know, that's one of the lovely things when, you know, this, it has been a difficult year, but it has brought out a lot of good in people in the ways that they have volunteered to help in their own communities. Yeah, as you said, it has been an unusual and difficult year, uh, Father Dermot, and some of our previous guests have mentioned how they actually found it, they gave them time to reflect. Yeah. Have you found that yourself, that it has changed people's uh, narrative, I suppose, on on where they maybe had planned on going and what they're actually doing now? Yeah, I suppose, you know, it has made us all think about and prioritise what's important in our lives. Um, you know, things that we felt, um, gosh, they were essential and we couldn't do without, and we realised, well, we actually, we can. And I think that people have taken maybe a step back and thought about things. Um, and I think, and I hope that that will be very much part of Christmas celebrations as well, that, you know, people will, um, it's going to be different, but please God, there'll be a little bit more space for people to um, appreciate family in maybe a smaller group than normal um, and just have a little time to think and, and be thankful for the blessings that we have as we end the year as well. Yeah, I know myself and Tommy have already been getting a lot of messages from people all over the world with Swinford Connections that, that can't come home for one reason or the main reason obviously being COVID. So we are, they're sending in their best wishes to their family and friends already, mm-hmm. Tommy, aren't they? We're Definitely, yeah. And over the next couple of uh, podcasts, we'll be reading them out. Um, but I think it's nice to appreciate that, that we are able uh, to somewhat gather at Christmas as well this year and uh, appreciate the small things in life at the moment as well. Yeah, I think it might take a bit of pressure off me on the podcast we coming up to Christmas at a Mayo Windy All-Ireland. <laughs> I might not have a voice, so I just... <laughs> Pass over to those best wishes, might be. Uh, would you follow the, the the Mayo lads, Father Dermot? Would you be a, a well, Gaelic football man? Well, uh, oh yeah, no, I'm not no, going to no. make any Sligo jokes here. Although you are the only other unbeaten county in the country <laughs> after uh, Mayo. Were there's you actually, planning on saying that there, all day, Carl? There's a there's a fantastic. I think it's a, 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 a tw- someone who was on Twitter from Sligo, and every weekend after the next teams have been knocked out he puts up like I said Monday just gone it was great to see Dublin Mayo and Sligo the three, un- <laughs> the three unbeaten uh, so he's going to live off that I think for no matter what happens I suppose you know I, I've lived so long in Mayo at this stage now that uh, I would have a strong interest in, in Mayo's fortunes that way and um, I, I um, you know I just uh, I actually enjoy on a Sunday afternoon just tuning into any Gaelic match whether it's hurling or football um, because it's very hard to beat it in terms of um, a sport that you can really get stuck into, so it's great. I think it really has made a difference to this latest lockdown. Yeah, being a winter lockdown, I suppose. Yeah, you know, and of course you were you were based in Glasgow when you first came to Swinford, and our most famous recent Mayo footballer is, is our own David Heaney. So I'm sure you would you would have taught David. D- David, I taught, home. and David was my next door neighbour. His family lived next door to me in the house I lived in in Glasgow, uh-huh, so yeah. I've known the Heaney's well. Yeah, yeah. We, we, it would have been great to see David win the cup, but mm. I'm no. He'll be he'll be shouting on the, the lads next week as well. Well, I think you we know. all will. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to ask you about 2018 and August uh, because you had the opportunity to meet Pope Francis on his arrival at Knock Airport. Uh, that must have been very special. Um, looking back, you were saying there t- earlier, Tommy, that you know I did two and a half years as administrator in the diocese and we had no bishop, and um, it was. Um, I suppose it wasn't an easy time in the sense that I was trying to balance life here in the parish and the um, the responsibility for the diocese as well. Um, but the highlight of it was, and one of the, the, the great blessings was um, meeting Pope Francis at Knock Airport. Um, it was, I suppose, an extraordinary weekend for me personally. Um, the the administrators are members of the Bishop's Conference, so I was with the Bishop's Conference in Dublin for... Um, the Saturday when the Pope arrived and in Crow Park and then the bishops from the west of Ireland and myself we came down that night stayed in Knock and went to the airport in the morning um, I remember it was an anxious morning because we were there about half past six and the fog was quite dense uh, and was mist coming in and at one stage they, somebody had said on the airport staff that there was a possibility that the plane wouldn't be able to land so that was a real worry. But thankfully, it cleared enough and they managed to get the plane in. 
Um, and the other thing I remember about it was that um, the I was the only one who wasn't a bishop. The, there was the five Western bishops were there and myself. And the protocol is that the Pope must be met by a bishop. So the Archbishop of Trum was the, um, he's the Metropolitan, so he was first in line. And I was at the end and the other bishop said, no, no, this is your diocese, you go to, you go beside him. So that was that was a, a lovely, lovely gesture oh, yeah. 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 yeah and I remember watching it on, on television myself and when I seen yourself Father Dermot I think there was a sense of proudness as well that, that someone oh. from our local area was, was there to, to greet the, I, I the think, Pope uh, I think one of the airport staff took a real opportunity that day as well didn't they got Pope Francis to sign <laughs> just going back to the Mayo team again yeah. but <laughs> I think didn't they read I think it was the DJ yeah, I think that's a jersey side one of the staff yeah. I, I, it was it was Talk about taking your moment, you know. Yeah. Probably talk about should I do this or not, but and he he was he was I think it's, it showed a lot about Pope Francis himself that there was no bother to him. Well, they, what was lovely about it was um, you know there was um, a group of children from the schools in Charlestown there to greet him, and he went over and he either um, shook hands with them or gave them a pat on the head to every child, and also every member of staff from the airport as well between arriving and going back he would have had an opportunity just to to you know make contact with each of them um, and I suppose just for myself the other thing that I was really conscious of afterwards was that um, you know the Irish diocese were established um, in uh, the middle of the 12th century and of all the bishops of O'Connery uh, it was on my watch that the Pope came to our diocese and stood in our soil so that was a particular privilege mm-hmm. for me um, in and I say it was the highlight of my time as administrator. Obviously Christmas is coming up lights came on in town today which is great to see so it's going to be obviously a very different Christmas uh, for yourself and the local churches uh, Father Dermot do you want to tell us a few things maybe a few things that people will need to be aware of this coming Christmas I suppose you know we're very conscious that um, we won't be able to celebrate Christmas as we normally would and um, that's very regrettable on a number of occasions but I think that you know we have been I suppose forewarned of this for quite a while Um Way back in March, um, somebody sent me a cartoon that showed uh, um, a parish priest sitting at his desk uh, with his computer open in front of him, and he was on the phone, and he was saying, um, I'm afraid I can't do three tickets together except the 11 o'clock mass on Christmas Day. And at the time, you know, the priests were thinking, well, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's grand. But we're actually at that stage now. And I suppose like everything else that people are doing for Christmas this year, uh, we need people to plan and think about um, what they might do in terms of coming to church. Um, I suppose it's been always, um, since the this is my 11th Christmas in Swinford, it's always been wonderful to see so many people at Mass on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day. But unfortunately, it won't be possible to do that this year. Um, because of the, the government regulations, the um, space that we have in our churches is very limited this year. Um, so what we'll be asking people to do is to, if they wish to come to Mass on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day, we'll be asking them to um, get a ticket in advance. And we'll be giving the details of that next weekend in the newsletter and at Mass. Um, so space will be very limited. Um, in Swinford we have two pods of 45 in the church and um, Milik can just hold 50 and midfield control a little bit more than that. So, but people will have to um, have a ticket to be able to come to Mass on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Now, I suppose we're putting on one extra Mass on Christmas Eve. Um, there'll be Mass at 5 o'clock in the afternoon in Swinford Church and 9 o'clock um, in the evening as well. And then on Christmas Day, there'll be Mass in Mealyk at 9 o'clock in the morning, in midfield at half past 10, and in Swinford at 12 noon. So I suppose really what we'll be asking, as you said, for people this Christmas is just to, just to, for this unusual Christmas, as it will be in every aspect of people's lives, is just to make sure you're aware of the the, the system which we'll be happy to promote uh, over the coming podcasts and the weeks leading up to Christmas, and I'm sure there'll be plenty advertised around the town. But just as you said, plan and and make your make your arrangements in advance and make sure that you're you've, you've, you're sorted in for the day. If, yeah. yeah, and and also just to say to people that you know if you um, for various reasons some people aren't able to come to mass at the moment because they have maybe underlying health issues, um, perhaps families won't be able to come to mass either. Um, just to encourage people to maybe take time either on Christmas Eve at nine o'clock or on Christmas Day at twelve to join us online for mass, 
um, perhaps maybe light a candle at home. Now, we will be making every year for the last number of years, um, We, as people are leaving Mass on Christmas Day or on Christmas Eve, they're invited to bring a red candle with them for their dinner table at home. Well, they'll be available before Christmas this year in the churches. We'd ask people if they want to come and collect one, to bring it home and to light it and join us online at 9 o'clock on Christmas Eve or at 12 o'clock on Christmas Day. That's a lovely idea. And are the churches open uh, during the day to people? Uh, they are, yeah, the churches are open um, at the moment. Now they're open every day. Um, and I suppose the other thing just to say is that the way Christmas falls this year as well, um, it's on Thursday is Christmas Eve, so there'll actually be three Masses in, in Swinford Church that day, Mass at 10 o'clock in the morning, five in the afternoon, and nine in the evening, and the three Masses on Christmas Day then, in one in each church. St Stephen's Day is the Saturday, we have decided to have a later Mass at 12 o'clock, that people might, if they can come on Christmas Day, might like to come on St Stephen's Day at 12. There'll also be Mass at half past six for the Vigil Mass for the Sunday, and there'll be three Masses on Sunday as well. And um, maybe there's a, a very um, old tradition that maybe people have forgotten a little bit about, and that's that Christmas is actually a celebration of 12 days, from Christmas Eve until the 6th of January. And any of those days, uh, people can come to Mass as well. Or if they can't, maybe they might like just to come to the church and visit the crib. And the Western bishops have prepared um, a small prayer card <clears throat> for families to pray at the crib together and that they can bring home afterwards as well. So they'll also be available in the churches from Christmas Eve as well. well that's great. So there's plenty there for people to to um, celebrate their, their own religious services over, over the whole, as you said, 12 yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, the bishop sent out a, um, a letter that we'll be uh, leaving in the churches this weekend, um, and the way he puts it is, you know, that we try together to keep Christ at the centre of Christmas. Lovely. And actually, this evening, when the, the, the lights were turned on in Swinford this evening, which is great to see, and I know up at the church this evening, there was a small ceremony for the Butterfly Garden, which we've actually been uh, promoting here ourselves on our previous podcast. Uh, that was a, 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 it's a lovely to see the Tree of Light, I believe it's a... Yeah, no, the, the, the tree at the, just near the entrance to the church there in Swinford, um, it, they, they have started the Light of Love campaign, and uh, the... The lights are lit to remember the people whose names have been given in for that. More also, there's Mass on Saturday at 10 o'clock for all those whom people would like remembered in that, uh, uh, for that, th that tree that's at the church. So that's on Saturday at 10 o'clock, yeah. and that's also online. That's online as well. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's lovely to see. And uh, I know we've, we've mentioned that, was it the Facebook page, Tommy? The Facebook page, yeah. That, that people can get a lot of details on that uh, planned memorial garden that's uh, down the line there. Yeah, and, and it's it's a lovely idea. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, particularly I, I was at a meeting here in the, the hotel um, sometime back in August, September, I'd say. I possibly. think it was, yeah, it was around yeah. then now, yeah. It's hard to tell <coughs> the time at the moment, I find myself anyways, yeah. And and it was, you know, it was, I suppose, very privileged for, you know, the, the people that were there sharing their stories of, you know, their particular baby. And it's lovely that this is going to be um, a place where people can go and remember a loved one um, who was so very small and so very young when they died. Absolutely, I think it'll be a real special, a special place in, in town. Yeah, and, and as you said, it's lovely to see. I, th I think just um, over the next couple of weeks, it may be difficult on people. Uh, people are also thinking about the year ahead and what it might be like. But if there was one piece of hope, or what would you say to someone maybe um, to give them that hope for the for the coming months? What I'd say, Tommy, is this: um, you know, I suppose, and and it's very much coming from a faith point of view for myself. Um, you know, our whole celebration of Christmas centers on something wonderful that happened in human history, that God became a human being and became part of our world. And, uh, you know, that he's never left us, because that was his promise. And I think that gives me great hope, that, you know, um, when you look at human history, you know, terrible things have happened from time to time. But people have a great sense of, there's a longer, wider view, and maybe sometimes our Christian faith gives us that very much, um, and that, you know, things do pass, um, and it's God's presence is very much there in the goodness that people show to each other and the kindness that they show to each other. Um, and I think that gives us all hope, that no matter, you know, we, we've experienced that in these very difficult months, just the goodness of people, um, and that for a lot of them springs from their own very strong Christian faith, um, and that always gives us hope um, that we 
care for one another in the name of the God who loves us all. I think also we were just mentioning uh, uh, local clubs and organisations. The local St Vincent de Paul would play a very important role all year round, but especially at Christmas. And I know I think there was they were due to have a church gate collection. Is that right, Father? Around this time, they, they normally have a church gate collection um, late Dece- late November, early December. And obviously this year they we couldn't have one. Um, but they um, have made envelopes available in the churches and in shops around town. And I suppose again at Christmas. You know, small things matter. Um, you know, it's it's maybe just checking on neighbours or whatever. But you know, to give to a group like Saint Vincent de Paul, who do tremendous work locally um, in terms of looking after people who are in need locally, um, and do it very quietly, but do it very efficiently and very well. Um, and anything that's given is really appreciated um, and is a great support to them and their work. So just so once again, we'd ask people just again to make the plans will be announced over the over the coming week, as so they'll be in all the local news ourselves here will be broadcasting. Mm-hmm. We just ask people just once again just to make sure you're aware of what the, the plans are for the Christmas season, so that you yourself can can accommodate yourself and everybody else in this in a safe environment as we can this Christmas. Yeah. And and you know and, and just um, remember that okay if that doesn't work for you that maybe to you know, gather at home and, and uh, have a little bit of time there to reflect on what Christmas is really all about. Well, Father Dermot, thank you for coming in and joining us uh, this week on the podcast. And I suppose on behalf of everyone in the community as well, thank you for all the work that you do and your dedication to the parish, because uh, I know it means a lot to a lot of people. And uh, we wish you a very happy Christmas and all the best for 2021. Thanks very much, Tommy. And thanks, Cahal. And just to um, extend... Good wishes to both of you and to everybody in the parish as well. Um, we pray that it'll be, um, uh, the phrase that has been used is a meaningful Christmas in the best way for us all. So Tommy, this week I'm delighted to introduce uh, this week's musical guest on the podcast is a good old friend of mine, uh, Peter Gallagher from Down Clown. Peter, you're very welcome to the podcast. And thanks very much for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to talk to you and uh, to your listeners. It's great to be back in Sunford. Great stuff. So, so uh I know you have. Um, you're very busy with the with the music, Peter. Uh, yeah. You tell us a bit. You know what I know. Yeah. I let you tell us what you're up to, really. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Like uh, I've been on a pretty uh, interesting journey this last while, you know. And uh, I suppose it took it took the pandemic t- for me to realise, you know, uh, I had a bit of catching up to do with life, and you know, get my game plan up and shape i suppose if you want to call it like that but uh, i've been uh, actively writing now uh, for material for my uh, upcoming and i'm sick talking about it uh, debut album uh yeah you know most people in my circle will be aware that i am writing this at the moment and it's a it's, it's a huge challenge but i'm uh, enjoying the process Good stuff, and I know this week is a is a pretty big day. This week, isn't there? You're releasing a charity single with the one and only uh, Charlie McGinn again. Is that right? Oh, that's it. Yeah, we'll see you on the Eurovision Zoom P, will we? Uh, yeah, I, 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 look, it's, uh, I don't know where this is going to go. To be honest, like it's 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 absolutely uh, magic time at the moment now because, as right you pointed out, yeah, I'm going to feature in the track with. Uh, the legend that is Charlie McGettigan and uh, but how it all came to be uh, was that a good friend of mine called Orla uh, passed on this song which was a cappella format and um, so Orla said to me basically you know could you get this up and running do you think for the charity which is Aaron's Heroes and I'm delighted to be you know uh, able to say to you guys that I was uh, really proud to be part of that team, you know, and uh, absolutely wonderful people uh, that are involved in this uh, organisation. And uh, so what happened there at the beginning, as I said, I got the song and I thought it was a really good song just from the get-go. And uh, so I, I was talking to Charlie uh, and I asked him, I said, look, is there any way we can put some music behind this? And that literally was the start of the whole process at that particular point. So. We, uh, from uh, conception to completion, there was a six-week turnaround, and we have a, a magnificent um, s- single now as a result. So I'm absolutely thrilled. Because that has been released on. It's been released on Friday, uh, Friday sorry, the 11th. Yeah. So uh, 
it'd be great to see a bit of support from Swinford. I know Swinford's great for the support. And, and uh, where can people find that, Peter? So uh, I guess uh, the, the way they're going to do it, it's, it's, it's going to be all through social media, the, a lot of the launches. So your usual uh, you know, news feed should, at some point during the day on Friday, uh, receive uh, word of where to go and where to download it. But I presume through uh, Apple, for example, and other downloading services that are out there. We'll certainly p- uh, pushing more information next week. Absolutely, at this stage, I just I I'm, I'm kind of limited with certain amounts of information on that because I, I wouldn't have anything to do with that side of things. Sure, and I see you have your you've brought your guitar along with you tonight. So your the guitar uh, is your instrument of uh, of fame. Is uh, it? Uh, that's my comfort blanket. I like to call it, Carl. You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. It, uh, we've been uh, through many's a battle together. I'm sure that's <laughs> not going to change down through the years to come. You know. I suppose you mentioned there that uh, you're creating this album. I suppose, where did you get the inspiration to do it? Is there something in the back of your mind telling you you should do it? Or, or for the, the pieces you're writing, where do you get that inspiration from? Uh, uh, well, look, growing up in Sudford is, is all my inspiration, you know, because, like, you know, when I go and play in down in Clare or Galway or wherever, all around, you know, I'm, I'm Sudford, Peterford Sudford, you know, that's what I say. I'm living in Sligo. But I'm a Sligo musician, but I'm always Peter from Swinford. And yeah. so, like, with that in mind, you know, there's been a lot, there's a lot of great talent people that are in this locality. Uh, too many names to mention. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just, it, I don't know where it came from, this drive to uh, get go with an album, but I, I certainly felt there that it might be a good time for me just to start showing people who I am. Brilliant. That's fantastic, P, and, and it's great to hear, because I know we had a great night here only a few years back when you released your uh, debut EP, isn't that right, over... Was it Seems Strange at that time? Was it, yeah, that's yeah. right. It was towards the end of Seems uh, there a number of years ago, and I guess you know when you when you're going through this kind of process, you know there's a lot there's a lot you have to learn and how to do it right, you know. So the, it's I I would definitely recommend any musicians go through the process of making an EP because you know you figure out what you're about at the end of it all, and uh, you also will just it just makes it a little bit you know, savvy to the business. You have to learn, you know, you just have to learn bit by bit. And it was great to get the opportunity to do the launch in here that night and to have my uh, friends come in and support me and family. It meant a hell of a lot, and it's, I'll always remember that quite fondly, you know. Yeah, I remember it was, a, it was a lovely night, all right. A few pints flowed as well, I think. If, they did if indeed, Carl. Right, yeah. Absolutely, there's one or two. And you're going to do a tune for us, Sam, for our weekly podcast this uh, week, Pete? Yeah, so what I'm going uh, to try and do something here now. So I've no place to run here now, folks. Uh, so I have to just see, uh, just gearing up the mind here for a second. Just bear with me while I do that. Absolutely brilliant, Peter. Really enjoyed that. Ooh, yeah. Well done, Pete. That was great. Cheers, guys. Yeah. 
there was some nice vibes flowing here while we were <laughs> while we were listening <laughs> we'll to that. Nice chill, we'll have to do it. You know, we'll have to get the guest in on site every yeah, week. Yeah, oh, yeah, Tommy, bring think, it on, yeah, bring it on, and quite nice yeah. for us to hear live music as well. Absolutely, so. you know, absolutely. So be, that does, that doesn't happen overnight. Being able to to perform like that, so obviously this music has has been a passion of yours for quite some time. Yeah, uh, certainly it has. I mean, uh, you know, I was really blessed that I had parents that, you know, supported me from the get go. You know, that that has to be said, you know, uh, you know, mom and dad have been uh, very supportive and all my siblings have been very supportive. And, and, you know, that that does, you know, help you when you're going through this particular. Because being a musician is not always easy. It's a difficult profession. Well, when I left school, you know, I I, I had this really naive uh, way of looking at the world where I just thought I could take it on, you know. You soon learn that it doesn't work like that whatsoever, you know. And But you have to go through and you have to learn. There's no other way about it, you know. I mean, like, I was just lucky as well that I was as passionate, you know, with the music that has never gone away. You know, I'm uh, to this day as passionate as I was about it when I first started. You know, that's great. And and you, you mentioned Swinford there earlier on, Peter, mm-hmm. and one of the myself and Tommy. One of our plans for this podcast is to use this as a platform to promote what we think is the wonderful mm-hmm. musical talent, and not just music, artistic, Poetry, in so many different yeah. forms that exist in. It's exceptional in our in our town and area, and I'm sure you. You you tap into that quite a lot, I know a lot yourself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you become acutely aware, you know, of who's around you. You know, you you get to know who's, you know, it's, it creates a lovely creative force around you. There's all these great people that, you know, Sunford has them. Every townland has creative people, but I've never seen a, an amount as in Sunford, you know, from writers to poets, musicians, and the list is endless, like, you know, and it's great. So Swinford was the starting point for me getting going my music career. And uh, as I said, wherever I go, I'm from Swinford, you know, that's it. You know, I represent Swinford best I can uh, when I'm on the big stages as well as the small stages. It doesn't matter. I'm always wearing the, stri- the Swinford strip when I'm playing uh, away from home. Sure, no, it's great to see, and there's, there's such a, an array of talent from young to old, and I know myself and Tommy both look forward to to uh, showcasing all this uh, Swinford talent over on the podcast over the, into the future. Now, we are coming up to New Year, which means that there is New Year's resolution, so I'm just wondering, Peter, would you be able to teach Cahal a little bit on the guitar maybe in the New Year? Well, you know, the door's always open, as they say, Kelly, if you wanted to. If you I, want I, I, think, I believe, I think I'm right in thinking my, my, my late grandmother was a, was a music teacher. So there's music I, in you? There is no music in me. Uh, Not I, even I, at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, no, I might be comment. singing the Green and Red of Mayo hopefully on Saturday <laughs> week. But, uh, Definitely. Yeah, well, look, at as I said, uh, by all means, uh, if anybody's interested down the line, you know, in indeed, in uh, just learning guitar, you know, and, uh, hopefully... You know, when things improve down the line, absolutely hit me up. Let me know. I'll see what I can do for you, you know. And of course, Peter, you have a, a presence on social media where people can... Uh, yeah, these, these days now, it's a bit dormant, obviously, because of, you know, the way things are going. I, I, I probably, you know, I don't use it a whole pile as much, except for maybe contacts and things like that. But uh, certainly, I, I'll be making an announcement on Friday about the, the single coming out. So please watch out for that. I said that's the most important thing I'll be talking about on this podcast, as far as I can see. Uh, but it is, you know, all the money uh, from the downloads will be going to the charity at a later stage. So that's all good news. So, like, they will need the money, you know, and... Uh, it was a tremendous honour, as I said, to be part of that project, and it's great to get the chance to talk to you guys and your listeners, and you know, get the chance to plug it. So, thanks very much for that's brilliant, P. And thanks very much yourself for coming in, and we wish you every success with the single. And we look forward to having you back on to talk about the album uh, in due course when that's further down in the pipeline. But we look forward to hearing more about that. And, and as I said, I really appreciate today, and uh, thanks for having me. So, watch this space, Peter from Swinford. We'll be out and about very soon. This week for our uh, Diaspora Link Up, we're heading all the way to Canada and we're joined by Charlotte Moore, Kevin Moran and Emer Cafferty. So guys, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks. 
So uh, Charlotte, we'll start with you. When did you head over to Canada? Well, uh, myself and Emer are here um, just over two years now. So we moved over in September 2018. So yeah, so we've been together since that. Yeah. I suppose it's nice to have kind of uh, a couple of Swinford people together rather than just being on your own. Yeah, yeah. we didn't know anyone when we moved over here. It was just two of us. Had no idea of anyone moved over here, but yeah, we found a good community, an Irish community here, and yeah, a few more Swinford fellows to meet. We met them along the way as well. And then uh, some more Swinford people moved out, and that of course brings Kevin into the conversation. So when did you move over, Kevin? Yeah, so I moved out nearly a, a year exactly after Charlotte Neymar. And so yeah, I, I come out and visit in March the previous year and just enjoyed it out here and said why not make a make a bit of a change and decided to come out then a year later so I was I'm glad that it did and um, so yeah it's, it's been going good since. So as I mentioned there you are in Canada but what part of Canada are you in at the moment? We're all in uh, Toronto so uh, probably the nearest you know big city to Ireland as you know we could get um, but yeah we all live we're we're living together and we live in downtown Toronto so uh, we're pretty lucky in that regard we've a uh, Nice views here. So I suppose there's lots to do as well in, in your spare time. Oh yeah, like it's yeah. anything you want to do, you can. Winter you know. sports, summer sports, it's great. Everything's yeah. so close. I mean, apart from obviously this year, it's been a, a little bit different. But um, the first year myself and Emer were here, like the world has just opened up to you here. And uh, there's fe- come summertime, there's festivals on every day of the week. There's just anything you want to do, you can just decide in a whim. Um, you have everything here. So th- there mightn't be a Moore's pub to go to, but there's there's probably <laughs> something else to, to do. Very close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there's so- a few locals now, a few Irish locals. There's a good, uh, good Irish diaspora over here. So a uh, huge community of people. But uh, you can definitely get the session in if you need, if you need that on the on a Sunday. Brilliant. So I suppose the last couple of months have been a little bit different and difficult. It means that you haven't probably been able to come home. Maybe you were due to come home during the summer or for Christmas. What's that been like the last couple of months in Toronto? Yeah, it's been, I suppose it's, it's been the same as what you guys got at home, really, I suppose. Um, we we were pretty much in lockdown straight away once, uh, once COVID actually hit. And then it kind of reopened again for a couple of months during the summer. Um, and it's only recently kind of gone back into lockdown again now, um, which is going to happen probably up until Christmas, uh, the week of Christmas, they've said minimum. So I, I guess we're all kind of suffering at the same level uh, all around. So it's not as if we're, you know, there's no fear of missing out kind of thing from back home because look, we know that we know the situation is the exact same back there. So it's, uh, but it's, you know, we're, we're getting on and it's, it's all about looking at the bigger picture at the end of the day. Next year, things will be better. Uh, just have to get through to, to that time. And I suppose, Emer, you don't feel kind of too far away from home either when you have technology and things like that. You were watching the match on Sunday. What, what's that like? Do you miss it a little bit when you can't be at the match? Oh, I know no one can at the minute, but... If they get through this, they have the final now. We'll be so sad not to be at home for it. But um, like everyone here, we're all just glued to the television. So we're up early... 9am here in the mornings watching it so we're like watching everyone at home they do the job on Saturday two weeks and we can have a low-key celebration in Toronto (laughs) (laughs) a bit different but we'll have our jerseys on I suppose what's the big thing you miss about home Uh, you know is there anything big in particular that you you miss you have to say there's something now food Chinese food (laughs) Chinese food (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Food, yeah. I think it's like, Irish food, yeah. It's the big thing. But you know, it's it's same everywhere. We're living in Canada. We're not living, you know, in Asia or somewhere that the cuisine is completely different. And mm. um, it's not too bad. And there are a few little shops that you can get a few Irish bits in, so we're kinda we we're able to get our hands on a few bits, but uh, yeah, definitely. I suppose that. Emer's father has definitely posted some packages out to Emer with the, <laughs> with Ampost. <laughs> there's a couple all right yeah he just let us know all right he said oh yeah there's one on the way now or oh, yeah. why isn't it get there yet on bus sent at this time so it should be there <laughs> there's a problem on that side but uh yeah it's great he just 
send the packages over when they're needed, the tea bags especially. So once again, we're delighted to bring you all the, the local news. Um, plenty again happening uh, locally in the town and area this week. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you that news to you now. Uh, the Swinford, uh, Swinford Colasso Ladies Football Senior Team are delighted to announce a, a new management team uh, of Sean Kavanagh, Brian Galvin, Aidan McLaughlin and Paul McDonough. So we wish the lads the very best luck and the, the, the club and senior team the best luck going forward with that new team. Um, the local lotto continues to grow. I now it's hitting fourteen thousand six hundred, so it's getting to my uh, wanted fifteen thousand mark. 000, before I yes. think I'll pick the right four numbers. So again, the pink lottos are available throughout the town, and as more businesses open, the more pink lotto tickets are available. And do you have a specific f- uh, four numbers, Cahal? Oh, I'll pick the right four numbers now. Just once it hits fifteen thousand, I'll pick the four numbers and tell me, and we'll I'll have that in my pocket then for the Christmas. So that'll be handy. So. Uh, I think the Colasser 50-50 uh, draw is coming up uh, soon, is it? Yeah, the Colasser Community Centre 50-50 draw will take place tonight. That's uh, Thursday the 10th of December at 9pm in Colasser Community Centre. And the monthly envelopes or gift vouchers will be available to purchase beforehand uh, if you wish to call in or uh, attend the draw. So that's uh, tonight at 9 o'clock in Calaster Community Centre. And in Swinford Football Club, they've launched their uh, Last Man Standing competition where you can be in with a chance to win €500. Euro. The Last Man Standing competition starts this weekend, the 19th of December, and the entry is just €10, Euro, with €500 Euro going to the winner. With the club not doing a 250 draw in 2020, it's a fantastic way to support the club and to have some fun, and all support will be greatly appreciated and is needed. So for details on how to enter, you can visit the club's Facebook page. So Swinford GA held their uh, AGM recently there on, on teams, which I know was a first for them. So well done to them. I know the tough year for the club, and I know Swinford GA were very, as along with a lot of clubs throughout the town, were very active, uh, offering assistance throughout the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, all the officers were returned, and we wish them the best of luck, and hope 2021 is a, is a better year for all involved. Uh, they're continuing to hold their weekly 50-50 draw, and this week's lucky winner was Thomas Durkin from Santa Maria. So the Swinford GA 50-50 tickets are available throughout the town, as are the Swinford Athletics Club uh, 50-50 tickets. And I know their winner can be found online. And also the Swinford Athletics Club have released uh, a lot of upcoming events. And of course, over the last number of weeks, we've been mentioning to remember to shop local. And uh, the Swinford shopping promotion was taking place. And of course, there were some uh, huge prizes given out over the week. So well done to... Uh, Gronya King, Natasha Durkin-Ginty, Eileen McSweeney, Tina Kavanagh, Julie Ryan and Claire Maloney who all won prizes and of course the overall winner who won the Ultimate Swinford package was Jackie Doherty winning a hamper valued at €1,000. So uh, well done to everyone involved and uh, a big thank you to everyone who shopped local and I think the message is to remember to shop local this Christmas. And, of course, uh, Swinford Town lights were switched on on Tuesday, which brings a nice festive spirit to the town. The Butterfly Garden Christmas tree was also lit on Tuesday evening with a nice ceremony and blessing from Father Dermot, as we heard earlier. And the Light of Love Mass will take place this Saturday at 10am in Swinford Church. And you can watch that on the Swinford uh, Church webcam, which is available at churchservicestv forward slash Swinford. So it's winners, winners all around in Swinford this week as the golf club uh, held uh, draw number two for their Swinford Golf Club centenary draw. Uh, the winner of the €1,000 was Jerry Price from Cullion. Well done, Jerry. Uh, happy spending. And the winners of the €300 prize was Andrew Greeley from Athlone. I'd say that's a connection with Kevin there from uh, Ratscanlan. And the winner of the €200 prize was Pat and Deirdre Coyne, Circular Road. So the club would like to thank all the players for the support and... There's two draws held every month for the 12 months. So they're great prizes for uh, those winners there. And as I said, happy spending. This time of year, uh, the local uh, St. Vincent de Paul would normally hold their annual uh, church gate collection for, for obvious reasons, which you can't go ahead, which we, we heard from Father Dermot earlier on. But I'd just like to remind everyone that the St. Vincent de Paul have envelopes uh, around locally for anyone that would like to give a donation to a, a wonderful organisation or they can also go to the svp.ie forward slash Appeal and uh, online there. And I'm sure all any donation will be gratefully received there. And of course, as always, if you do have something for our local news segment, you can email us swinfordchats at gmail.com or contact us through our social media. 
So we've come to the end of our podcast for week three. A very big thank you to everyone who took part on this week's episode. Uh, so, Kahal, I know we have some matters to attend to from last week. That's right. I think I, I made a bit of a boo-boo last week, Tommy, when I when I asked the question of uh, what was the f- what occasion took place in Swinford. I said 1951. I think I had the, the football on the brain these mm. days, Tommy. But it well, was when you're full of facts as well, Cahal, it's hard well, to remember everything. And I actually said last week that there's not much I don't know, and I was soon found out that there's a lot I don't know. But uh, people still, I think people people got the gist of what I was talking about. And again, it was great. And thanks, everyone, for sending in your answers. And uh, did you find out? Did you work it out, Tommy? What, well, I what did caused this all week. the publicans to be brought to... Yeah, well, what was the occasion? I had a little bit of an inkling beforehand, but I, I got it with the help of a few people. It was the All-Ireland Flack Hill. That's right, a famous occasion that took place in Swinford, of course, in 1961 and uh, resulted in all the publicans being brought to court and Swinford being named in that law act. So the lucky winner, we, we got uh, uh, loads of entries again through our website and email and WhatsApp. And the lucky winner is Kieran Linsky. Kieran from out in Mielik, but uh, currently in Australia. So Kieran, thanks oh. very much for tuning in. And uh, I don't know if I can pass that, that voucher on to your mum. I'm sure she'd be delighted to use it. Or maybe we can keep it here for you, Kieran. the next time you're home. We hope you're keeping well out there. So, Tommy, now, so I have another, 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 one, another for one for you this week now. Another one for you this week. I've been thinking about this one now. And, you know, uh, for some reason, barbecue came into my head this week. I know it's not barbecue it's weather. It's not barbecue season. But uh, the famous barbecue took place in uh, Swinford, Tommy, many, many years ago when, when Humbert's army landed in Kalana and marched up through Mayo. They famously stopped off in Swinford there at what was Corley's Hotel uh, up in the square and uh, they had a, a barbecue. And I just wanted you to know what instrument was. So this is a barbecue now for a couple of thousand men. So okay. And obviously uh, not the usual thing that was done at the time. So uh, what instruments did they take advantage of in Swinford, take down and use for the famous barbecue? What, uh, uh, I'm trying to think the word. I thought these were going to get easier. No, no, this is really, no, this, 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 you'll have to do a bit of work on this one now. Okay. You'll have to do a bit of this work. But what instruments did Humbert's army use for their infamous barbecue held in the square of Swinford and during their march through Mayo? Uh, I'm not going to say the year because I don't want to be wrong again, but people people know what, 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 I'm, what I'm talking about. Well, I so don't again, know if you the know, answer. If you know uh, what I'm talking about and what instruments were used for the for the barbecue, uh, send your answers in through our website or... At our emails, swinfordchats at gmail.com. And Tommy is going I'm to looking forward to finding this one out. And work this one out. So again, uh, thanks very much, folks. We hope you enjoyed episode three. And uh, we look forward to you tuning in. And again, if you have any feedback for us, we'd be delighted to hear from you.